Yo, 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 it's pretty cool for you guys to join us here. Welcome to Press Play with Augie and Riz. I'm Augie. Hey, and I'm Riz. This is a weekly podcast where we, two super caffeinated dudes on a mission to world domination, discuss movies, TV shows, music, or anything we think you guys might like to listen to. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and email us any suggestions or questions that you have for us at gopressplay2 at gmail.com, or you can send us a DM via Instagram at pressplayar. That's gopressplay, the number two at gmail.com, and Instagram pressplayar. On today's show, we're going to tell you our reactions to the trailers, Doolittle and Lady and the Tramp. We'll share some developing stories and quick news, and we'll review the movie Midsummer. And after Riz fill you in on the new releases of music and DVDs, we'll play Six Degrees of Separation and our fact of the week. Woo-woo! So, how was your week, babe? It was badass. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was long. It was tiring. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, you know, I I uh, was lucky enough to have the day off, and also not lucky enough since I am a temp to not be paid for it. So, um, there's good and bad, but I got to rest for a day. No sushi for me this week. So not the best week. You know, the week isn't over. <gasps> I don't know, lunch, maybe? maybe, tomorrow, we'll see. All right, so we're going on to, going straight into the quick news? Yeah. Woo-woo. All right, so if you guys have been following our podcast for the last two podcasts, uh, we have been really following two major news, Disney Plus and the new Batman movie directed by Matt Reeves. On the Disney Plus side, uh, about a couple of days ago, it was released on the Disney Plus Twitter all of the content that it's going to be released on November 12th when Disney Plus becomes available for everyone. Uh, it took t- it took them about a little over three hours to release every single content. Uh, right, it was pretty badass what they did. They they released every every. Movie and TV show in release order, one tweet at a time. So there were like over 600 tweets. Yeah. Uh, which was pretty cool. And, you know, 600 isn't a lot to have for a streaming service. Maybe that that plays into why it's so cheap to begin with. Because mm-hmm. I think there's, how, how much, like over 4,000 titles on, on Netflix right now. So Yeah. Uh, what do you think of the list? What are you most looking forward to? First and foremost, X-Men, the animated series, is what I'm mostly looking forward to. It sold me immediately since I heard the rumors. I thought to myself, I have to get this because this is literally, besides the Power Ranger and Sailor Moon, this is literally my childhood right there. Aside from all that, um, I'm looking at old, I'm looking forward to like old, not old, but like 90s Disney uh, produced movies or Disney movies such as uh, The Kid in King Arthur's Court. Um, what's the other one? Jungle to Jungle with Tim Allen where he finds out that he has a son that lived like in the Amazon and now he's moved to the city of the I, concrete jungle. I remember that. I never saw it. Um, and just looking at like uh, older movies that weren't that popular from the 40s and 50s. Just curious about that. Um, one thing I do want to point out is that this is just a set of, of TV and movies that is being released November 12th, which means that it is going to change here on out with, with more content probably coming in the future. So this is not like a set. This is not what it is. It's going to be like other streaming services like Netflix and Hulu that they change in and out or they they come up with new content. I, I don't think they're going to be changing in and out so much because they're pretty much putting everything out there. There's maybe 10 titles that, that people were kind of wondering why they didn't include, but they have basically every animated movie on there. They have every show. Not the first Tarzan. What do you mean? They have Tarzan 2 on the list, but not Yeah, and there's Tarzan there's like one, one or two. I, well, the ones that I was surprised about were... Um, like, all the early stuff. All the, you know, Snow White and, and all that, which 
Uh, I haven't seen it in forever, so I'm excited about that. But yeah, there's there's a few odd ones that they, I think, have a deal with maybe the other streaming services to not to not put on another streaming service until the contract is up. So they'll eventually like a, the Mighty Ducks movies aren't on there. Exactly. And people, people were surprised about that. Yeah, but, but the Mighty Ducks animated show <laughs> is right. So there was a lot more than I was expecting. You know, like I, I think I mentioned, I was expecting them to to like have certain titles at at one time and then take them out. But I don't think they're going to be taking any out. I think it's just going to be adding. So I'm, I'm really happy about that. Either way, the list is intensively long. Really impressive. If you guys have a Twitter or not, you can just check them out on, on Disney Plus Twitter and you can see the exact whole entire list uh, of what they're going to release. We're going to pre-order it really soon. And we're really looking forward to it. Yeah, it's badass. Can't wait. The next one, uh, like I said at the top of the of uh, the quick news, is we have some more casting for the Batman and uh, the Matrix. Uh, with the Batman, we found out a couple days ago that Zoe Kravitz is officially cast to play Catwoman in, in Robert Pat- the Batman. Robert Patton, Pattinson's version of the Batman. Yes. Or version, yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, so that's badass. What do you think about that casting? I love it. I love Zoe Kravitz. She's super talented. She's amazing in Pretty Little Lies in the HBO with Reese Witherspoon and Nicole Kidman. Uh, I loved her in X-Men First Class as Angel. Um, she's really cool. She's the one with the little fairy. That, oh, that's that right. Magneto. But they didn't bring her back for the sequels. No. They should have. She the the first thing I remember seeing her in was uh, uh, Mad Max, the Mad Max remakes. Remake. Yes, she was really good in that. Yeah, um, and I'm like, okay, and I started taking notice of her, and she's been in a lot of other stuff. Uh, she's just been fantastic. Uh, I'm looking for. I think that's fantastic uh, casting. The other piece of casting news: uh, Jonah Hill was uh, in talks for a long time. To play uh, the Riddler, or they said the Penguin or the Riddler, but it was the Riddler, and uh, apparently he asked for way too much money. He How wanted, much? He wanted something like ten million dollars, which was a what? lot more than Robert Pattinson was making to play Batman. What? Ten million dollars? So uh, they they decided to go with Paul Dano as the Riddler. Great choice. <laughs> yeah, I I I could not never picture Jonah Hill playing anyone other than Jonah Hill. That's who he plays in every every movie. I did not want to see him play the Riddler, so... Yeah, so I'm, Paul I'm, Dono, if you guys don't know who he is, he was recently in the movie Escape from Danamoro that won or nominated for a couple of uh, Emmys. It got several Emmy, Emmy nominations. I'm, I'm not sure if it won anything. Mm-hmm. And I'd seen him in other movies. He looks familiar. I'm looking forward to him. A lot of people... Are giving a lot of backlash about uh, Zoe Kravitz and Robert Pattinson playing their respective role. Both Michelle Pfeiffer and Han and and I'm sorry and Anne Hathaway. <laughs> <What the? laughs> and Anne Hathaway. Uh, both gave Zoe their blessings and welcomed them to the Catwoman family. Uh, I gotta say, like I said with with every other casting in the past. Everyone was giving flack to Heath Ledger. Everyone was giving flack to Joaquin Phoenix when he got cast. I remember he got so much hate when they when people found out that Joaquin Phoenix was playing Joker. It was beyond like crazy on the internet. And back then when uh, Keaton was cast as as Batman, everyone was super upset in the 80s. People yeah. were writing to the WB, how could you have Mr. Mom play Batman? <laughs> and that was even before the internet. Yeah, and he's one of, or if not the best, Batman in all of its franchise. Yeah, so it should be a lesson to all of us that uh, Give we don't always know the best, you know... It's the best as like far as the amount of goes. people that just go online and just spew this hate. Like, they don't if know you it. hate it that much, why don't you produce the movie yourself and Better cast yourself. and cast the people yourself? Just wait and let them act. 
Yeah. Well, we're not going to talk about Jared Leto. That's another thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, the other big casting news was actually for the the Matrix. Yes. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris has been cast in in some sort of role. Uh, Who is the other cast? That got cast. I want to say her last name is Howard. Helena Howard. Is that her name? Oh, I, uh, I have no idea. Uh, it's a female that she got also cast as in the. Really, I didn't know that. Was it's not uh the girl from Jurassic World, is it? Uh, no, that's Bryce Dallas Howard. Is it in relation to to the Howards? Uh, I'm not sure. But uh, well, as far as Neil Pat, while you look that up, what uh, Neil Patrick Harris goes, I'm 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 pretty happy with it. Uh. It's an out actor who's been doing, who's done very well for himself. Uh, little Doogie Hauser, I'm, you know, yeah, I'm proud of him. Uh, I watched him when I was a kid, and you know, he's come a long way. I'm, I'm, I'm proud to watch him continue on with his career. I remember you showing me Doctor Horrible, Doctor Horrible sing along blog. Oh the my best. god! I was like, what is this travesty? <laughs> That's going on, and at the end of the movie, I was like, I love this. This is freaking awesome. Guys, I don't think it's Helena Howard. Um, I may be wrong. I will come back to you uh, on a future podcast and correct that. Unless you guys know it, just send me an email or send us an email or a DM, and we can correct that in the next show. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll we'll get back to you about that one. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Uh, Emmys? That was the old... Uh, it was an old loose script that I was using to write this episode. Okay. So we're not talking about the Emmys. Well, even though the Emmys were a million years ago, there is something I wanted to mention. What? The fact that we did really not fantastic with our predictions. But both of us did predict that Patricia Arquette would win for the act. And if you look at all, all of the... Uh, all the critics, nobody predicted it. So I think that that you and I recognized a really good performance, and uh, we beat a lot of critics, at least on that one. So we deserved even more points. So screw it, critics. Exactly, and she did have a fantastic speech. Uh, uh, pretty pretty much on par with Michelle Williams' speech. Yeah, those two uh, were the best speeches of the night. Um, good for her. Again, not talk- my favorite actress, but what'd she talk about? Uh, she talked about hiring trans actress and actors, uh, or not hiring actors or actors, just give them jobs in general. And she dedicated her, uh, her award to her sister, Alexis Arquette, who passed away. Right. It was, it was very emotional. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. All right. So, moving on to trailers. We are going to move on to trailers. We watched two trailers. The first one we saw was Doolittle. It is going to be released January 17th, 2020. The cast includes Robert Downey Jr., Tom Holland, Michael Sheen, Rami Malik, Emma Thompson, and Marianne Cotillard, who I adore. Yeah, she's awesome. Uh, the director is Stephen Gahan. He's an Oscar winner for the for best writing for the movie Syriana back in two thousand five, and the synopsis is a physician doctor who discovers that he can talk to animal. If you guys remember, there was a Doolittle movie or a Doctor Doolittle that was played by Eddie Murphy, and then the sequel slash spinoffs. Uh, were done by his uh, movie daughter. Right, and that was the remake of the original one, which uh, I believe was from the 60s or 70s, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I I vaguely remember seeing on the Disney was Channel back in the white? day. No, it wasn't, wasn't there a Doolittle that was black and white? Oh, we're going to have to look that up. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure the, the original was in color, but we can look that up. Maybe. So first thoughts, the, the trailer, I was, wasn't expecting that at all. I was expecting it to be in modern times and be more like the Eddie Murphy thing. It takes place, what, in the 17th century? 18th I don't century? know. It takes place in a fantasy land. I agree with you. I was expecting it to be, from from the stales that, that I, I watched, because I didn't want to watch the trailers until the, we both decided, but I did watch some, some movie stills. It did look like he was English, so I thought it was modern, but like in London or in Europe or somewhere around there. Right. I did not. I did not yeah. expect it to take it a fantasy route. And it honestly pulled me in a million times more than any any modern thing 
any modern take on this story would have. It looks it looks awesome. I'm gonna have to disagree with you with that. Really? I did not like it whatsoever. Not even well, you really like the Eddie Murphy ones? Not even. I I was expecting something. I saw that it was disgusting disgustingly heavily cgi uh, we were talking it, about that in the last podcast days. that everything is such relying on cgi like it must suck like for an actor to just act in front of a green screen for six to eight hours at a time where you can easily build these sets you know that's where the money is, though. The thing that I, I, the movie that I can think of that did some incredible sets that it was modern was that Leonardo DiCaprio Inception. They built all those sets. The mm. the scene where George, uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt is in the hotel hallway and he's like going from that's a real set. Oh yeah, I remember. I think and I it was rotating huge. It's badass. So it's it's I'm highly disappointed. I don't know if the original book, I don't know if it's a book or a play was set in fantasy world where he's like traveling and there's pirates like in the trailer there's like this pirate, right? Uh Antonio Bandera plays the evil guy. He looks cool. Uh yeah. Uh and uh, Tom Holland wasn't playing the kid, was he? No, he's, he's a playing voice. a voice. Okay, because I'm like, if that was Tom Holland, man. I don't and know I'm what's like, going on. Mm. it looks so good to me. Because I, I, I guess because I was expecting like the Eddie Murphy slapstick BS, and it turned out to be something I, I wasn't expecting at all. And they had the song in the background, which I really like, and it was you know, uh, wonderful, wonderful world, yes. which I thought was really pretty, and it just it looked it looked pretty, and and the sad. Ape made me sad, and the happy ape made me happy, and then he was a like, tiger. Yeah, but I don't know. I felt like it was all over the place. It was like in his house, then they go on an adventure, then they uh, are on a ship with a gorilla, and then there's a ship attack. It was a lot for me. Um, if you want to go see it in the movies, I'll go with you. Uh, Obviously. We'll probably wait to rent it. Uh, honestly, it's seeing movies or kids movies isn't like like actually going to the theater because then you have like kids screaming yeah so. oh my god that's iron man i like iron man i have his toy is what we'll hear a lot oh yeah or that guy sounds like spider-man oh yeah or that guy oh nobody knows who or no kid knows who antonio banderas is no or emma tom thompson oh but uh, the movie oh, wait, so it it's a family movie of course but i'm not really impressed with it i am i think i'm excited about it we shall see when it comes on video or you know i'm excited yeah and the next uh trailer that we have was Lady and the Tramp. It's set to be released straight to Disney Plus on November 12th. Uh, the cast includes Tessa Thompson, Justin Thoreau, Sam Elliott, Benedict Wong, uh, Janelle Monet, and it's directed by uh, Charlie Bean. Uh, it's about an upper-class Cocker Spaniel lady meets a street-smart downtown stray schnauzer called the Tramp. Who embark on several romantic adventures. Aww. Yeah, it sounds cute. I mean, it looks... I From what I... That's <laughs> so cute. From what I can remember of the original uh, animated movie, uh, it looks basically about the same. So, I'm excited about now it. Now we have two movies that we're reviewing just now. Right. That involves animals. Right. What's it, wasn't... Robert Downey Jr. voice in this? You don't have No, I think in the poster he's like a chef or something. Uh, but I'm not sure. Maybe oh. it's not Robert Downey Jr. Maybe it, yeah, maybe it's a cameo. That'd maybe cool. it's a cameo. Now we have two movies that we're discussing or two movie trailers. With talking animals. With talking animals. Cool. I'm looking forward to see Lady and the Tramp more than Doolittle. Yeah. The A, they use real animals. Yeah, that's cool. And B, their animation is just a little bit different because you can tell, like, when the tramp is like hopping from a cable cart to something else, that part of, is obviously CGI. Yeah. Uh, but it just feels more inviting and more realistic. Not so much green screen, I guess. I guess so. I think that's that's maybe the turnoff to me when I when I when I saw Doolittle, 
But for Lady and the Tramp, yeah, I'm hooked on it. I think it's something that I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy. Yeah, I'm excited about it too. Uh, I think I mentioned I wasn't expecting original content on Disney Plus like quite like that, which I think is awesome. It's like I guess Lady and the Tramp doesn't have as much of a following these days to get a full theater release, but you know it does have a following, and I'm sure a lot of people do want to see it and it's a draw for for Disney Plus. I'm I'm really excited about it and Tessa Thompson's awesome. Tessa Thompson is amazing. Who is Justin Thoreau? He sounds isn't he the prime minister of Canada? <laughs> That'd be cool. No, he was married to Jennifer Aniston. Uh honestly the only thing I can remember him being in was uh Alias briefly. Oh, okay. Well, the rest of the actors Sam Elliott and Janelle Monet are voicing uh, some dogs and Benedict Wong looks like he's the dog catcher, ha, uh, cool. which is pretty cool. I saw I saw a little bit of him and and his role seems a little comedic, but uh, it's a classic story uh, being told once again, but in in real life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or how do you how do you put it? Non animated live action. Live action. Live yes, action. Yes, live That's action. the phrase. Well, I'll tell you, I. I, I mentioned that I, I cried at the beginning of uh, The Lion King. Mm-hmm. I will probably cry during the uh, during the spaghetti scene and what, of this movie. What's, it's, what's great about this is, is uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll have Kleenex. We should uh, have spaghetti while we watch it and oh, meatballs. Yes, that sounds so cute. Uh, what I like about, or what's good about Lady and the Tramp being released on Disney+, Plus is like you mentioned earlier, is... Uh, it doesn't have that pull for theater, but it gives an open door to other movies that Disney can probably produce and send it straight to the streaming services with the same quality as right. movie theater quality. I, I'm thinking Aristocats. I'm thinking oh, that would uh, be awesome. The Rescuers, The Rescuers Down Under. Oh, that that's another movie that's coming out on Disney Plus that I am so looking forward to. Oh, the I can't freaking wait. rescue the rescuers. Oh uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be awesome. And I'm gonna be. I think I mentioned before. I'm gonna be like binging a little bit on the old Disney afternoon. Yeah, if Lady and the Tramp was released on on theater, I might wanna go see it. Really? Yeah. Another kids movie, maybe. Well, I mean, as I say, Oliver and Company. If you guys know what Oliver and Company is, that's another Disney movie. It is Disney movie, similar to like this, like uh, Street Dog in New York, running amok, and blah blah blah. Or no, it's a cat. It's a cat (laughs) who thinks he's a dog. I don't know. I vaguely remember, but I'm excited to rewatch it so I can relive my childhood. I'm a human who thinks he's a dog sometimes. Well, well, that's okay. (laughs) But you're a person. Yeah. <laughs> arf, arf. <laughs> yeah, so everything looks good. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, we'll see both of those when they come out on uh, uh, streaming services. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing Lady and the Tramp, Doolittle. <laughs> I don't know about all that. But whatever. We're going to go ahead and take a break. We're going to make some spaghetti and meatballs, and we'll be right back. Really? Yeah, really. Yes! Woohoo! Hey, listeners. We want to tell you about Cub Rage. Yes, Cub Rage is the hottest apparel brand we love to wear. They're the company behind our new logo. It's pretty cool, right? These unapologetic Miami-inspired graphic tees bring the colors and personality of the city to your closet. Hand-drawn designs are influenced by the vibrant, rebellious spirit of street art, proud gay culture, and urban style. Coverage is a bear-centric company, so their shirts come with an array of sizes and colors to fit just anybody, no matter your body type. If the tee isn't your thing, they can also personalize their unique artwork on hoodies, tan top, pillows, iPhone cases, and more. And if you have a blimp, maybe they can slap their design on that too. Honestly, a funny picture on a tee isn't worth much if the shirt isn't comfy. With their top quality materials, 100% ring spun tees, it goes hand in hand with the unparalleled creativity. You can visit their website at cubrage.com and check out their wide range of products. And we're back. Mamma mia, there was some spicy meatballs. And by that you mean no meatballs, because there was none. You lied to me. I'm sorry. I had to use something to to, to segue into the commercial. Yeah, I asked if it was really. You he said literally, really. 
He literally walked out the door, and I'm like, where are you going? And he's like, I thought we were going to make pasta and meatballs. Exactly. And I'm like, no. You and don't mess with me with pasta. He crosses his arms. a little disappointed, but I'll sorry. get over it. Okay. But we watched a movie. Yay! It, uh, it was... Oh, the movie was Midsummer. It was... Uh, released back in July 7th, 2019. The cast include Florence Pooh, Jack Raynor, Vilham Bloomgren, Will Poulter, William Jackson Harper. It was directed by Ari Oster. He directed the 2018 movie Hereditary. And the movie grossed worldwide 41, $41,108,706. Hmm. The synopsis is a couple travels to Sweden to visit a friend's hometown fabled Midsummer Festival. What began as a relaxing experience turned out to be something far more ritual. Now, far more ritual, far more sinister. Maybe both, maybe both. Uh, going into the movie, I had no idea what it was. I didn't even thought that it was a scary movie or a... I wouldn't even consider it being scary. A suspenseful movie? A suspenseful, yeah. It was more of a shock value. Yeah, I know that it was something tragic going on, but I, I went in there completely, completely blind. And at the end of the movie, I love you, Ari, for Hereditary. I kind of didn't like it. It kind of left you asking for more questions than anything else. Are are we going to go over the movie or just we didn't like it? <laughs> uh, no, yeah, we can go over it. Um what did what was your first thought of the movie? The main character, the girl, uh she's very troubled. Uh her family passes away uh at the beginning of the movie. Her boyfriend's kind of an ass, you know? He obviously doesn't want to be with her. But he kind of just keeps stringing her along. And obviously, when the tragedy happens with, with her family, she, he kind of has to. But then he's, like, planning a, a trip to Sweden with his friends. And uh, she doesn't even know about it, I guess. And they go to a party and they start talking about it. And she's like, huh. And he's like, like, like you do, you, you shrug your shoulders. <laughs> like, whatever. So he ends up, like, feeling guilty and inviting her. And they 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 go off to Sweden, and one of the friends is is from Sweden, and he's taking them all to to his commune for this uh, festival. What's the festival? Midsummer. A midsummer festival. The girl has a very very tragic life. Her sister, who suffers from bipolar, kills herself and her parents using carbon monoxide from from the car or the, like the exhaust. from it and she planned it very meticulously very well i'm not going to go into any graphic details because i want to leave it for you guys if you guys decide to watch it uh but that's how basically the, the movie starts and her insecurity with with her boyfriend that she feels like she's a burden to him with all her baggage and all that stuff so and like riz says it the guy really is not into her or is over her and they were heading to Sweden in two weeks and it kind of kind of slipped out on on them because I felt like he was just gonna go and and leave her because it was gonna be for like two months that they were gonna leave and she was she was such a broken character basically when she confronted him about it and he's basically you, it was really it was really good writing really good acting i have to give give uh, the director that and the actors that the boyfriend was basically getting ready to walk out the door and she kind of senses it and she's like okay wait no i'm sorry i misunderstood i'm not upset i just want to like she pulled him back in because she couldn't I think bear the thought of being alone, which was a little upsetting uh, because he's an asshole. He's an asshole. So they kind of like bring her along or drag her along uh, out of the group or out of the cast. Uh, William Jackson Harper, uh, if you guys know him, he was the one, he's the one who plays uh, what's his name? Cheaty. Uh, Cheaty on the Good Place. On the Good Place, he is doing some sort of like thesis. 
Yeah, or he wants to write a thesis about uh, the commune. The commune, and he's like, hey, that's perfect. So when they get there, they get there by car, and they make their first stop on, like, this huge valley uh, with, like, hipsters, or the younger generation of the commune, the ones that have left the commune and and go back and forth. They don't stay there permanently and they take some drugs. The girl decides not to take a drug, that she takes a tea and they're tripping on that drug for hours and she freaks out because uh, she's just, I can't, I guess like enjoying it, but then she hears the word family from one of them like it's like in passing everyone's they're having a conversation and she's like out of it she's tripping she's looking at everything and she's it's making sense to her and as soon as she hears the word family she snaps out of it and she just bolts out of that group and she's like frantically walking around the the field until she gets calmed down by by other people and then that's where in the next scene or in the next act, they get to the actual commune village and meets everyone. So they meet up with two other couples or another couple, I'm sorry, that they're from England that another hipster hipster Swedish guy invited them over. And I'll, as soon as I saw them, I'm like, hmm, these are probably people that they're going to be sacrificing uh <laughs> it was just so obvious yeah. at that point they get together they they make like this huge feast uh then they see like this yellow triangle house in a field in the distance that they were told not to go there at all it was forbidden cheatier william jackson harper is just into like the whole culture and he's completely like blindsided about it uh or about everything but you can tell uh florence florence's character she is curious but at the same time she's super cautious about everything uh there's some cinematography that i do like about it that that guides you through through her anxiety or guides you through her apprehensiveness that played well with the cinematography that I really liked. Like uh, when they were at the field and the camera's behind her and they're like, hey, do you want to do these shrooms? And then she's inching, inching, and the camera's like right there behind her. And it's it's her view of her apprehensiveness to be part of that, you know? And I felt like that was really smart. Is there anything you want to say? Uh, no, I, I completely agree. And another another part of the cinematography was that that stuck out to me was when they were driving uh, to the commune and uh, the camera just sort of flips over and it's just upside down for a while. Yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of like Alice going through the, the rabbit hole type thing. I never noticed. I didn't notice that. Or, yeah. That, for me, for me, that was that was my observation. So they were basically leaving the real world and going into this crazy commune world. So when they get there, they get to their their bedrooms, and they were told that this where they are or the barn it has a bunch of twin beds, both on the first and the second floor. And Florence's character is like, "Why is everyone here? Like, why there's there's no room for privacy." And their Swedish friend who invited them over explained to them that their that that barn or that house specifically are for uh, people between zero to eighteen years, and they uh, well no I think it's oh is it zero baby to eighteen yes it's zero to eighteen oh. and that's considered spring from eighteen to thirty six you are an adult and then you are moved somewhere else. And that is considered summer. From 36 to 56, you are at the peak of your prime. And then you move to another house. And then you are like a working person. And that is considered uh, fall. We're at 56 to 72. You are like considered like a wise man or a wise woman in in the commune. Uh, Florence's character asked them, well, what happens at 72? And the Swedish friend, I think it's played by Vihelm. He just gives the action of like the head being cut off. Like, oh, you're dead. 
But it was like comedic, so it was more like, oh my god, that's that's cute. Uh, but they really didn't make too much, uh, pay too much attention to that. The next scene, they went to like a big dinner feast, uh, where two uh older people come out of that yellow triangle and they do some breathing exercises and say some weird uh Swedish language or old folklorian language. Uh, and they eat and they go somewhere. Uh, William Jackson Harper, Jack Rayner, and Florence's, Florence's character decides to follow this group somewhere after dinner. And uh, Will Poulter's character said, "No, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go. Uh, I think he went to take a nap. When they got there, you want to explain uh, what they saw? <sighs> well, uh, there was a lot of uh, loud music and." brightness and z's for me i kind of fell asleep if i'm gonna be honest during this part and i knew something something was coming but it was very drawn out and then i kind of heard the music kind of pick up a little bit i guess so i woke up and that's when uh the the older woman sort of just jumps head first off of a cliff and graphically hits a rock at the bottom and the uh you know the commune people are are praising whatever and the uh the outsiders as they were called uh are freaking out obviously and then they watch as the old man uh jumps as well but he jumps feet first like an idiot and, of course, he breaks his legs. He doesn't die. So they go over and they smash his... Or the, the commune people smash his head in to, again, to their horror. So it was... They were obviously over the age of 72. And the guy wasn't kidding about uh, over yeah. 72. So the outsiders are freaking out. And in uh, besides the three people that I mentioned, uh, the London uh, couple are there as well and they're like what the f is going on here what's going on it's freaking out uh so they walk away and they are explained or they explain to them that the reason why they do this is because they don't want to live till 101 uh they believe that they have the right to end it that there's no need for them to to live further than that and then what greater gift than our own life to take away you know it's their life they they chose it and you know why why would they leave it to fate or whatnot so it's a jack kevorkian cult basically pretty much a very graphic uh way to go so Um, jack jack's character uh christian is his name um jack rayner yeah uh the character's name is Christian. I mean. Right, right, right. Oh, okay, okay. Gets inspired and decides to do the, the same uh, theses as William's Jackson Harper uh, right. character. And William's William is not having it. Because that was his main thesis. That's the reason why he traveled there. And he felt like it was a bit of a laziness on Christian's side to do it. But yeah. they're like, again, you know what? I'm going to do it. Uh, I guess I got inspired. Yeah. Again, Christian's just an asshole. He didn't, he didn't give a shit. Yeah. He's like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I don't care what you think. Uh, he, yeah. He even said we can work together or we can do this separately. Uh, but regardless, he's going to do his theses specifically on that commune. The London couple freaks out. They're not having it. The next day, the boyfriend of the two mysteriously disappears Mm. and the Swedish people tell the girlfriend that they took him to the train station and that unfortunately there was only a little bit of room in the truck for only one person the girlfriend's like well I can sit on his lap I could have could have I could have sit on his lap and then he's like the white Swedish guy's like, we're crazy, but we still obey traffic laws. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she just storms away, and and that's the last that the last you see, see of her as, of well. Her as well. So uh, Florence's character is feeling peculiar about why are these people missing. Yeah. Uh, and wh- she tries to tell Christian, but he, he does... 
He's so into uh, the cult and his thesis and, and what what more he's gonna be able to take away with it as far as his uh, his career goes. Yeah, that he 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 can't even hear it. You know, no. Obviously, something weird was going on, but he couldn't. He he wasn't there. He wasn't listening to her. He was an asshole. He he didn't really care about her. He didn't want her there in the per- in the first place. Will Porter Poulter's character also goes uh, missing mysteriously. Uh, he does something really disrespectful. He accidentally pees on. On their ancestors ashes on the tree where they put the ashes in and they are not happy William Jackson Harper's character he goes and takes a picture of or starts taking pictures of a book that he was told not to which is like a bible but it's like a, a scripture that is written each by by the people in the commune and um, and he's caught at first he thinks it's uh it's Will Poulter, but they did a leather face, and it was someone else wearing Will, wearing Will Poulter, Poulter's face, which was a little disturbing. Yeah, so from this point on, uh, we know that shit is happening. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. And the last two left are Florence and Jack. And... Uh, Danny. Danny was Florence's name. Oh, Danny. Danny and Christian. Yeah, Danny and Christian. Awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. Danny uh, gets invited to like a dance competition where all the girls are in like a floral pole around the floral pole and they dance in circles to the beat of a of music. And the last one that is standing becomes like the queen of the midsummer or the queen of May, I think. May queen. The May queen. Yes. And Chris goes off and has sex with one of the girls in the commune. They talk about uh, having sex in the commune because since it is a small community, Danny, was it Danny who asks? Or, uh, or was it, it William? William Jackson Harper, yeah, he asked. He asked, he's like, hey, like, this is a small commune, like... Actually, it was Christian because they mentioned, they mentioned to him that this one girl is kind of into him, into him. And, and then he starts asking about so who do you guys have like he's he's a douchebag so how like do you guys all sleep together like he started like digging for information because he was so he was interested in this one red-headed girl that that chose him apparently yeah and then the elder swedish coming guy said well we kind of turn a blind eye to cousins but every now and then we do bring outsiders to procreate, but it is uh, selected to make sure that it doesn't come up as, you know, incest- incestual. Right. So the girl, the girl in the commune kind of has a crush on Chris Christian and he gets chosen. And when he enters a room while Danny is dancing to the beat of her own drum, he is invited. What were you going to say? Uh, well, at that point, Danny already won the cop, the contest. She was like in the in her, in her horseless uh, thing. Oh, yes, that's at, right. At that point. Before that, then what happened is he is entered in a room with a room of about 10 naked middle-aged women holding each other by the shoulder. And the girl that has a crush on him in the commune is sitting in a bed of flower uh, naked with a come-hither look. <laughs> and bravo for Jack Raynor for doing nudity in movies. I highly applaud you. We highly applaud you. Uh, not because it's a gay thing. A little bit of a gay thing. <laughs> uh, but, man, like, it's great to see, like, male nudity in movies uh, and not CGI or not a stunt because... Well, Go ahead. Oh, sorry. They, they did the same thing in Hereditary. They they balanced it out, which, uh, you know, I'm sorry, you... you, you it's a, a a room full of naked naked girls, um, and both of us are expecting okay, well, and then the dude's gonna be in the shadows. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you know, it's not only kudos to him, kudos for the director for inclus- inclusivity because um, it's it wasn't exactly erotic scene. Yeah, it was it, it was a it was a it was a freaking disturbing scene. Yeah. So she so uh, Chris Chris's character or Christian, I'm sorry, uh, has sex 
with the girl in front of these ten middle aged lady. It was like he de-virginized her. He de-virginized her, but it was kind of awkward because it was done in front of all these women. And one of one of the women, like the the girl, reaches out because it's painful uh, to one of the women, and and she comes down. She starts singing in you know in her ear. And we, we, we didn't mention that Christian was, was drugged up at the time. He They gave him something else. Some, so he, something to drink. And he didn't want it at first. And she's like, no, you can drink it. Keep drinking. And he's yeah, like, yeah. you know what? Fuck it. Now. It was, yeah, that was, that was super disturbing. She's singing. And then, uh, and another, another woman starts, you know, goes behind him and starts pushing him. Yeah. Like thrusting. Thr- yeah. That uh, was really disturbing. It's like your grandma, like coaching you during sex it was yeah. uh danny finishes she's the winner uh and she becomes the main queen uh she goes out to a field and uh does some some like it was a blessing of crops they said a blessing yeah a crop blessing and they do some type of ritual she heads back she's sober at this time because she also took something as well um and she hears chanting and one of the girls told tells Danny, no, that's not for us. But Danny's like, no, girl, I'm going to check this out. And she goes and she peeps through the keyhole and sees Christian having total blast without her. Um, And she runs out. She throws up. They take her to the barn where all the beds are at. And they do like this sisterhood of of anger was, exercise that was an amazing scene yeah her breathing the the group of of girls would breathe with her her screaming they would start screaming with her it was it was a hypnotic scene and kind of beautiful yeah even though i think creepy as yeah hell. i think what they were trying to do is have her anguish be shared with all yes. of them so it wouldn't be such a huge burden on exactly. her only. Exactly. So it was a bunch it felt like like a sisterhood type thing. Uh you're right. I really enjoyed that that, that was scene. Unexpected and, and, and kind of beautiful and creepy. So at this at this stage, uh Christian runs out, penis full of blood. Yeah. Um and he sees like Things are not what they seem. I think he's at that point he's snapping out of it. Yeah, and he goes to the to one of the gardens and there's a leg sticking out of it, so, which is William Jackson Harper's leg. I'm assuming, or it could have been uh, the other British guy, or the British guy. But then he goes to a like a chicken coop, and he sees the oh, English that's guy. The British, that's the English guy. I'm sorry. Completely mutilated, okay. his back opened wide, and the actual lungs sticking out of his body, but he's still breathing. Is that what that was? Yeah that God. that that was his lungs. That was nasty. Uh, and then when he turns around, he gets dusted in his face. That was like a paralyzer, and he couldn't speak or or move. Or move. When he snaps out of it, you see Danny in a crown and a gorgeous floral cape slash dress. I want that. I think I, think I want to be that for Halloween. Oh, um, it's a little late. We don't yeah, have time. I know, but there's always next year. It was so beautiful. <laughs> uh, so we come to the, to the realization that this commune does this type of practice every 90 years. And so happened that this is the 90th year. And they have to sacrifice how many people? Nine? Uh, nine. It's uh, four from the commune, four from the outside, and one, one of the May Queen's choosing. Which happened to be Danny at this time. Uh, so Danny had the choice of picking either Christian or another person from the commune it was randomly chosen from a bingo machine literally yeah (laughs) who that was so of course danny uh is looking at christian she's upset that she saw him having sex with with the person and danny uh being wonderfully uh not crazy who is she gonna choose yeah she's her boyfriend 
Yeah. That was that was fantastic. She could have uh, saved him, and then they could have made an escape later, but she was full into the commune at that point, and, and then the, the sacrifice happened. What did they do to Christian? They put him in an actual bear, grizzly bear body. They take out the... Badass. Yeah, they take out the <laughs> intestines of the bear and put Christian inside the bear body. The other six people are dead and they have become some sort of like effigies and there's two living uh two living volunteers that volunteered. Because the other two from the commune were I'm assuming the uh the old people that, that threw themselves off the Yeah. And they a, they all enter the yellow house, the yellow triangle house that are not supposed to be there. And all the effigies are placed up against the wall. Uh, the two volunteers are there and they're giving, they were giving this, this tree uh, called Trisu or something like that. And it, they were told that it was to not feel pain. Spoiler alert, they felt a lot of pain. They were lied to. They were burned alive. They were fucking burned oh alive. And so was Christian, because Christian was awake, but he was paralyzed, and he couldn't talk or move or anything. So he was also burned alive in that bear suit. And the movie kind of ends like that, with Danny looking upon first in horror, and then with like this huge big smile on her face, and then cut to black. Yeah, not the person you want to take to Sweden with you, apparently. Oh, hell no. <laughs> now, the two things that... The reason why I said that it left more questions than answered is... What was the whole purpose of the bear? What was, like, the whole purpose of the main queen? Uh, what was, like... They they just said, hey, this is just a tradition that happens every 90, 90 years. Yeah, it was just a crazy cult. And they had their traditions, and it was just crazy creepy you know it was supposed to shock the audience so it was purposely not explained to get the view to be in in danny's point of view right and be completely like clueless about it right mm, i guess yeah i wasn't uh i wasn't thrilled with this movie <laughs> i wasn't thrilled either i was expecting it to be something else i was expecting it to be more scary than shock value Right. Um, and I I thought that the trailer was masking it to be a shock value and it was really going to be a horror movie. Now, this is the thing that we were talking about, the ritual, that in the ritual, those events happen accidentally. Because, right. you know, whereas... They just in, happen to go into the... Or take the wrong turn to the woods. And the guy happened to break his leg or bust right. his leg. With this right. one, it was all planned out from their friend... Vihelm yeah, character, the Swedish friend, was it was all planned out. It was just an unfortunate event for these group of people. Right. Out of one to ten, I would give it. We're doing one. To, I thought it was one to five. Or one to five. Yeah. Oh, okay, I would give it a low three or a three. You know what? Three point five because the cinematography in some in some scenes were pretty badass. I was gonna say two point five. Really. Yeah. Oh, that was that's low. Yeah, that's low. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I I wasn't impressed. Like what I was expecting going into it. What you know I was expecting from from what we saw in Hereditary. Not that it had to be exactly, but like Hereditary. I mean, two point five. I think is high for me for this kind of movie. I like that it was bright and I like the cinematography. I just I guess Danny's character just made me very depressed. Yeah, and... she went through a lot before this. She went through a lot during this. And God knows what she's going to go through after. What was I going to say? Oh, it's... I don't know. It just... I didn't like it. I, I, I don't know what else to say. Yeah. If you want, wait for it to be on Redbox. It's currently on on rental for Amazon for $5.99. It's, the movie is about 2 hours and 18 minutes long. It is long. Uh, I think Ari does great cin cinematography. I think it's it's mostly that beautiful shots, long, beautiful, quiet shots. You could pause any any scene in this movie, and it would be a painting. You yeah, know, that's other the best than, I could say about other it. Other than that, um, it's it's a slow slow pace. Yeah, and uh, graphic and graphic. I'm right. talking about graphic. 
Let's move on to music and movies that are out this week. Interesting segue there. Yeah. Uh, new DVDs coming out this week. Crawl is out. Uh, <laughs> I I kind of want to see Crawl from what I remember, if it's what I'm thinking it is. The alligator one. I Yeah, I, I, I definitely didn't want to see it in the theater, but, you know, when it comes to Netflix, I definitely want to check it out for fun. Uh, Stuber, no clue. Uh, that's the one where the actor who played in Deadpool, the taxi driver. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then he plays like an Uber driver, but it's called Stuber. And the guy who plays Drax the Destroyer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> can't remember his name. He plays like an FBI assassin or assassin. So he, Is there a little girl involved? I think think so maybe we're talking about something else oh uh but then he uses the stuber driver to like go around and oh okay 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 cool uh no uh (laughs) teen Teen titans go versus teen titan is that a direct to 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 dvd thing i think so so it's i'm assuming the the old teen titan movie versus the new teen titan go characters interesting all right actually that sounds very interesting i want to check that out uh, new music, uh, Gucci Mane with Waptober the second. Okay, uh, Jimmy World uh, with Surviving and Third Eye Blind with Screamer. And actually, I meant to mention uh, in a previous podcast, I mentioned that I thought the Cranberries Las Vegas was my first concert. It was actually Third Eye Blind. Oh, really? Uh, it was. I I think it was. I this might. I might have another, you know, flashback to high school eventually. But it was like a free concert at Hard Rock, Hard Rock Hotel that wow. we went to. And I I remember not knowing any of the songs except for one single. And it was all right, you know, really mm-hmm. blind. Yeah. But cool. That, that I think that was my first concert. Oh, okay. So awesome. We're going to get into the best thing out of this whole entire podcast. Six degrees of separation. Uh, yay. <laughs> oh my God, you're good at this. Oh, all right. So we have Mila Jovovich and Anne Hathaway. Uh, um, Mil- Mil- is it Mila or Mila? I call her Mila. Mila Jovovich was in the, oh my God, brain fart. I can't remember the name of the movies. Uh, the zombie movies. Uh, Resident Evil. Resident the Resident Evil films, uh, with uh, Michelle Rodriguez. Ooh, I'm going a different way than I thought I would. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez did uh, Lost with. Let's say who can I choose from Lost? Let's say the mm, Evangel- Matthew Perry. No, Matthew Perry wasn't in Lost. Matthew Fox was in Lost. Matthew Fox did uh, Party of Five with uh, Nev Campbell. Nev Campbell <laughs> was in the Scream movies uh, with uh, Courtney Cox. Courtney Cox was on Friends with Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston, uh, shit, I can't rem- remember the name of the movie. Was it uh, The Secretary or The Cashier or something like that? The Boss? No, it was it was like a, a artsy independent movie where she was like a woman in her thirties and she started dating a much younger guy played by Jake Gyllenhaal. Yes, I know that movie. I don't remember it, but I know that movie. So since we both remember, let's just say <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal, of course, was in Brokeback Mountain with Anne Hathaway. And there you go. That's six degrees of separation. And our fact of the week is that Walt Disney personally came up with the name Tramp for the Lady in the Trap movie. In early drafts, the scruffy male dog was called Homer, Rags, Bozo, and even just Mutt. Walt himself scratched out Mutt in one of the scripts and penciled in Tramp. Ward Green and the movie's distributors protested, feeling that the name was a little bit too risque, but Walt Disney usually got his way, and there was no exception, because he owned the place. Yep. He's like, I'm Walt Disney, and this is my company, and I want it to be like this. Because if not, I'm going to be really upset, and I'm not going to open Walt Disney World. Mm-hmm. Or Disneyland. Yep. 
Cool. Right. Very cool. And that's the fact of the week, and you can do whatever you want with it, because that's not mine. It belongs to all the tramps of the world. <laughs> yes. Yes, all the tramps out there, it belongs to you. Seems like we hit the end of the show here at Press Play with Augie and Riz. Thanks for hanging out with us. Please follow and subscribe to our podcast and we'll continue to make funny, awkward, and hilarious content for you guys, gals, and pals. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast via any major audio streaming service like Spotify or iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram at PressPlayAR for up-to-date content of our podcast. We'll kick it with you next week here at Press Play with Augie and Riz. I'm Augie as always. Hey, and I'm Riz. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. <laughs>